Company live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental CoversMe.com. And uh, wanted to uh, talk about a terrific night. Uh, we had a great time last evening at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord, commemorating the 90th anniversary of the Concord Theater, movie theater in downtown Concord that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Uh, Mayor Boulay was uh, on hand along with uh, developer Steve Dupree, who played a major role along with uh, the Capital Center for the Arts in rejuvenating uh, the space that uh, was formerly occupied by the Concord Theater from October 18, 1933 to early September of 1994. And uh, congratulations to uh, Paul Brogan and Margaret Porter for putting the event together. Uh, just an amazing night. Lots of memories there. And uh, Laura Canoy was uh, the uh, the moderator for the evening, interviewed uh, the honored guests, and uh, she did a terrific job. And uh, Margaret and uh, Laura were, were dressed in, uh, well, Margaret wore 30s uh, regalia. She was uh, uh, dressed like she was back in the 1930s. And uh, Laura was in a, uh, a mini skirt with uh, white, white boots. And uh, so they were, were dressed for the occasion last night. It was, uh, it was a fun night. Everybody had a good time. We had a chance to watch Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage and Vincent Gardenia and uh, oh, a whole, uh, whole cast of uh, great uh, actors and actresses. I, I, you know, I hadn't seen that movie in a long time, Moonstruck, and uh, I, I forgot how good it really was. And we all gathered there last night and uh, pretty much of a packed house at the Bank of New Hampshire stage to commemorate 90 years of the uh, Concord Theater. And a lot of people uh, turned out and shared memories uh, of uh, their times at the uh, Concord Movie Theater uh, downtown. And so uh, everyone was saying, boy, you know, we should do this on a more regular basis, like uh, run classic movies you know, on a, on a periodical basis at the, uh, at the Bank of New Hampshire stage, because I'll tell you, it is a, a wonderful place to watch a movie. And uh, the seating is, is terrific, of course, very comfortable seating. And, uh, you know, they do have, uh, you have access to a, a bar there and uh, refreshments. And uh, it, it, I think will be done again. I, I really do. And, uh, not necessarily to commemorate an anniversary or anything like that, but uh, might be done on a on a regular basis. Who knows? It'd be a lot of fun to bring back some of the uh, classic movies, and uh, you know maybe charge a, a minimal price, five dollars, whatever it might be, for people to get in and uh, enjoy watching the classics together. A lot of fun uh, last night, and uh, hats off to. Uh, to Paul and Margaret for their hard work and putting it all together. There was a great uh, film that was shown about the history of the uh, the Concord Theater, uh, highlighting some of the, the movies that were played there over the years through the decades. 
just uh, an amazing job by uh, everyone involved, and uh, uh, kudos to to them. And hopefully, it'll be the start of uh, you know maybe things to come at uh, the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord. Certainly, a, a terrific venue, and uh, you know there are things going on there all the time. And uh, Check your local listings, as they say, because it is a a terrific venue for so many things. Such a flexible venue and the fact they can uh, roll up the seats on the floor if if it's an event there that, uh, you know, people want to dance. They can do that if they they roll up those uh, the seats for the floor. And uh, if there's a movie or uh, another event uh, going on, uh, you can uh, you know bring the seats back, and uh, they're right there, just with the push of a button. So it's uh, it's a great place, and uh, hope you've had a chance to check it out. If not, you uh, owe it to yourself to to do so. So I picked up the paper this morning as I as I normally do, and uh, above the fold, Concord Monitor, more on the Andy Sanborn story. Headline is Casino Owners' Health Cited as Reason for Delay. Now, lawyers for Andy Sanborn said he's been too ill to mount a defense against accusations that he fraudulently, fraudulently obtained and misused COVID relief funds for lavish personal expenses. A lottery hearing on whether Sanborn, a former state senator and the owner of the Concord Casino, should lose his charitable gaming license, was postponed for the second time last week after his lawyer obtained a court order delaying the proceeding. Now, according to Sam Bourne's new attorney, or his newest attorney, uh, Zachary Hafer, he said, we're also dealing with lots of medical appointments and the side effects from medical appointments. I'd rather not get into the specific details, but according to his attorney, Andy Sanborn is... And I quote here, very sick, very, very sick, end quote. Hafer requested a two-month postponement, arguing that he was new to the case and needed more time to thoroughly review the extensive documentation related to the investigation that found Sanborn unsuitable to hold a gaming license in New Hampshire. In addition to legal arguments about witnesses and discovery, Hafer said more time was necessary due to Sanborn's health. Given Sanborn's health concerns, uh, Hafer said that would make cramming hearing preparation into a few weeks both impractical and inhumane, end quote. Uh, Sanborn's legal battle stemmed from a joint investigation by the Attorney General and the Lottery Commission, which found him unsuitable to be associated with charitable gaming, Sanborn fraudulently obtained $844,000 of federal COVID relief funds and used the money to support his lavish lifestyle, including buying sports cars for himself and his wife, State Representative Lori Sanborn, according to the findings of the eight-month investigation. Their relief funds were intended for struggling small businesses, and casinos were exempt from receiving that money. Sanborn got around that by concealing the registered trade name Concord Casino on his application and instead using the name Win 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 LLC instead and listing the business activity as miscellaneous. 
So nothing about gaming, nothing, not the word casino was not included because uh, casinos were not eligible for that COVID funding. The findings of the investigation were released August 31st. Sanborn made a request for a hearing, and it was initially set for October 3rd. In cases like these, the Lottery Commission is not required to hold a hearing. A judge uh, delayed the most recent hearing after Sanborn's lawyer argued they needed more time to analyze and collect documents, hire forensic accountants, and assess witnesses. Before Haver took on the case, uh, Sanborn had to change attorneys multiple times due to a conflict of interest. In addition, more time is needed to locate and question an unnamed individual who Sanborn consulted for advice before filing the COVID funding application, according to his attorney. Deborah Douglas, who's the chairman of the Lottery Commission, expressed concerns about delaying the hearing. And I quote uh, Deborah Douglas here, the optics for this agency, not good. People are coming up to me all the time, and it's damaging our brand, she said. Even with the hearing postponed to 10 days later, Sanborn's legal team maintained more time was needed for preparation. Just a day before the scheduled hearing, Merrimack County Superior Court Judge Martin Honigberg issued a temporary restraining order against Douglas and the commission, effectively halting the anticipated hearing set for October 13th, which did not take place, uh, allegedly now, uh, because of the health of uh, Andy Sanborn. The court directed the parties to schedule a hearing within 10 days or to decide whether to extend the order. Douglas, from the Lottery Commission, also indicated the desire for the hearing to take place before her travels, which, according to Sanborn's attorney, does not suggest that respondents' due process concerns are being taken seriously. The Lottery Commission has not submitted any written filings. Sanborn's operator and facility license expires on the 31st of December. If Sanborn is found unsuitable for the hearing, uh, he would no longer be eligible to hold a gaming license and a revocation process would set, be set in motion. Regardless of the hearing's outcome, Sanborn retains the option to appeal the decision to the state Supreme Court. So folks, you know that this is going to go on for quite some time. They're extending it just as long as they possibly can. Records, by the way, show the Concord Casino takes in about a million dollars in revenue per year, and it does remain open for business seven days a week. So there you have the latest and the new developments in the uh, Andy Sanborn, Lori Sanborn case involving the Concord Casino. We will take a break. Kale and Company will continue after these words. Right here, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Kale and Company right here, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. A delight to have you along with us. On this Thursday morning, and uh, WKXL, happy to be part of uh, a great event coming up this weekend. 
in the capital city, an annual fundraising event featuring uh, live music and all-you-can-eat barbecue returns this year in a new venue, by the way, benefiting the uh, Concord Coalition to End Homelessness. Blues, Brews, and Barbecue will be held this Saturday, October 21st from 1 to 5 at the Faraday Function Center, which is at uh, 48 Airport Road in Concord. You can watch the performance of the uh, phenomenal New England blues band Delta Generators from the comfort of the venue's indoor seating, or uh, you can bring your own camping chairs and blanket to enjoy a picnic-style lunch on the lawn under the October sun. Or at least, we hope, it's under the October sun uh, on Saturday. Now, for $30, uh, you can enjoy an all-you-can-eat meal that includes a barbecue brisket, smoked sausage, pulled pork, signature cowboy beans, coleslaw, and pickled red onions. Oh, boy, making me hungry. A uh, grilled hot dog meal is available for $10, and a vegan burger meal or pulled pork sandwich meal is offered at $20. And remember that uh, all proceeds from this event will go to the Concord Coalition to End Homelessness, uh, long-term homelessness in the greater Concord area and uh, the Concord community. And uh, all of the funds on uh, Saturday will go toward that uh, organization. A massive 20-foot smoker that provides the uh, smoked delicacies for the entire event is the creation of Bill Wilcox, who has a passion for fire, flavor, and giving back to the community. Wilcox and Barton, Inc., an environmental, uh, geotechnical, and civil engineering company, is one of the event's two presenting sponsors and uh, an arch of support for Concord Coalition to End Homelessness. And WKXL is uh, proud to be one of the sponsors for that event on uh, Saturday as well. So it's 1 to 5, and again, a new location, the Faraday Function Center, 48 Airport Road in Concord. So uh, check it out on Saturday. The event will happen rain or shine. And we hope it's shine, ladies and gentlemen. Well, in October, the personal finance company known as Wallet Hub, some of you may be familiar with Wallet Hub, released its annual ranking of the safest cities in the United States. Wallet Hub, uh, com- uh, they compared 182 cities across 41 key indicators of safety, including traffic fatalities per capita, assaults per capita, flood risk level, wildfire risk level, unemployment rate, job security, median credit score, debt to income ratio, and percentage of the population that is uninsured. Uh, For the final ranking, the cities were scored across three categories, home and community safety, natural disaster risk, and financial safety. Wallet Hub also uses data from the U.S. Census Bureau, Bureau of Labor Statistics, FBI, and more agencies to determine the result. Would you care to hear the top 10 cities, top 10 safest cities 
in America? All right. You're going to hear them. Uh, Number 10, Scottsdale, Arizona. Number 9, Burlington, Vermont. Number 8, Yonkers, New York. Number 7, Casper, Wyoming. Number 6, Portland, Maine. Number 5, Warwick, Rhode Island. Number 4, Gilbert, Arizona. Number 3, South Burlington, Vermont. Remember, Burlington itself was 9. South Burlington, the third safest city in America. Number 2, Columbia, Maryland. And number 1, Nashua, New Hampshire. Deemed the safest city in America. Why? Well, I'll give you their reasons. The city located in Hillsborough County and is considered one of the best places to live in the state, according to Niche. I think we read that survey a couple of months ago. The report's findings show that Nashua has the second fewest assaults per capita and is among five U.S. cities that tied for having the lowest unemployment rate in America. Nashua lies... Uh, directly on the Massachusetts border, as most of you know, which means residents from that state can and often do uh, take advantage of New Hampshire's lack of sales tax, those Massachusetts people coming over the border all the time. Uh, The city is referred to as a gateway because it is a center point of travel and economic and cultural transmission between Boston and Concord, according to the uh, city's website. After taking the top spot for five years, Columbia, Maryland came in second. Nashua beat them out. Uh, The Maryland city has a population of over 104,000, according to the 2020 U.S. Census. After Baltimore, Columbia has the second highest population in Maryland. But uh, at any rate, uh, New Hampshire is number one. Third safest on the list is South Burlington, Vermont, although South Burlington didn't rank number one overall. It is the uh, top city for financial safety in the country. How about that? But South Burlington, number two city in the country for women to thrive in, in another recent Wallet Hub ranking, but the city also tied with Cleveland and Cincinnati, Salem, Oregon, and Washington, D.C., as well as Seattle, for the most hate crimes per capita. Who'd have thought, huh? South Burlington, Vermont, tied for the most hate crimes uh, per capita. So that's it. That's the latest survey from uh, Wallet Hub. Thought I would share it with you this morning on October the 19th. You know, October the 19th, very significant date in the history of the Boston Bruins. Why? because it marked Bobby Orr's regular season debut, October 19th, 1966, against the Detroit Red Wings. He got one assist in that game. And then October 22nd of 66, a few days later, he scored his first National Hockey League goal against Montreal. It was a slap shot past Gump Worsley, veteran goaltender, at the old Boston Garden, Bobby Orr's debut, uh, taking place on this date in 1966. And uh, just a week ago tonight, 
uh, or a week ago last night, actually, Bobby was uh, honored as uh, one of the top Bruins of all time, maybe the top Bruin of uh, all time uh, during their uh, opening night ceremonies as the Bruins this year commemorate 100 years as a franchise, the 100th year of Boston Bruins hockey. We have a break coming up, and after that, we will be uh, chatting with Barbara Edelston-Peterson, who is the author of a brand-new book just out called A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better, Making Your Voice and Actions as Strong as Your Body. So we'll be hearing from Barbara Edelston-Peterson right after these words. Kale and Company Live, WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And don't forget tomorrow, Friday Fun Bunch. President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, Tom Raffi will be here. Kitty Ray, the flick chick. And all kinds of fun. And donuts in the studio, too, uh, tomorrow. We won't tell Barbara. All right, take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this uh, Thursday morning. And joining us is Barbara Edelston-Peterson, who is the author of a, a brand new book just out there, A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better, Making Your Voice and Actions as Strong as Your Body. And Barbara, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us. Hi, thanks. Great to be here. Well, really um, honored. Thank you so much. Well, it is uh, our pleasure. And uh, where are you joining us from this morning? I am in Santa Barbara, California. My goodness. I, I mean, it's 835 here, but uh, 535 <laughs> there. You got up bright and early for this one. I did, and it's an honor. It's great. My, my guess is, being the, the athlete uh, that you are, that you, you're probably up early anyway. Well, <laughs> you know what? I actually spent decades being in the pool, not a second after 6.03 a.m., and those days are over, to be perfectly honest okay. with you. <laughs> well, we appreciate but I'm happy to get up and get some work done so, and then be interviewed. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Barbara is a, a sports psychologist, author, brand ambassador, uh, champion ex-Terra off-road athlete, uh, she's devoted her entire life to being uh, an elite athlete and understands the full spectrum of athleticism and uh, competing at the highest level. And after a, uh, a major injury, uh, Barbara's physical recovery came with a, a great deal of personal reflection uh, that we read about. And uh, what did you reflect upon during those times, Barbara? Well, what happened was I broke both of my heels just before heading to Europe for a big competition, the ex-Terra European Championships, and my world stopped, uh, needless to say, for the first time, really, ever. And I did have an epiphany uh, in, into this injury while recovering. I wrote, I, I wrote another book on immobility and surviving and recovering, um, but I also realized, wow, I had been living in a bubble and a very self-absorbed 
exclusive bubble and that it wasn't okay. Uh, Really, a tidal wave of shame came over me, given all the challenges facing our planet and humanity, our world. And I realized what I said was to myself, and then I said it later at dinner to the family one night, I said, you know, to myself, I love being a champion in sport, but I want to be a champion of humanity, and I want to be a champion of the environment. And I thought, you know, I want to be a whole champion. And at that, really my world kind of changed. I thought, well, well, how fast can I change? And so I decided I would set up a nonprofit organization. But first I had to write a book to sort of clarify it for myself and maybe offer my insights to others. And I wrote a whole person makes the whole world better. And after that, soon not too not too soon, but thereafter I wrote the book we're discussing this morning, A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better. How would you describe a whole athlete? What what is the, your definition of a whole athlete? A whole athlete is someone who understands global responsibility. And what that means to me is very little distance between personal, social, and environmental responsibility. So for an athlete in particular, and this is a little bit different than the whole person concept, which is the larger scope for all people, but for an athlete, personal responsibility is um, what athletes do for the most part, but it's really understanding hydration, nutrition, adrenal health, and spiritual well-being. And with that, next is social responsibility, which means caring as much for oneself as, as caring for others, whether it be family members or community members or understanding the grip on humanity, which is um, a pretty severely challenged group. Um, And then environmental responsibility, given the carbon footprint that athletes and their spectators or our spectators, um, how we impact the greater environment is all one and the same. Um, It's a whole conscious, mindful approach to living. Now, you, you said uh, moments ago that when you were at the height of your athletic career, you were kind of living in a bubble. What, what did you mean by that? Great question. Um, it means really thinking about, only thinking about my, my well-being. And my biggest challenges were, were my flights going to be on time? Was the weather going to be okay? Was the course going to hold up for... Well, the swim would be the swim, but for the um, mountain biking and for the trail running, because Xterra is mount off-road triathlon, so open water swim, mountain biking, and then trail running. So, you know, those were pretty exclusive worries. And really, when I had this epiphany, I just thought, wow, there are just too many other far greater challenges facing other people and really the environment, that's, that's got to be looked at too. So and I really didn't want anybody else to be caught inside the bubble 
that I was in because our world can't afford that. So that's that story. So what what are some of the, the temptations that uh, whole athletes uh, should attempt to avoid? Wow, to avoid. Um, well, <laughs> I've not ever been asked that question <laughs> um, in that way, coming from the back door. Well, avoid really uh, exclusive behavior that that's selfish and um, turn that around into understanding the opportunities of being a role model, being the inspiration, um, being a leader, and being an activist, an advocate for the greater whole without, you know, without jeopardizing or sabotaging oneself. I'm all in for championing one's own life, but also including others and the planet into your uh, care. So, so what do you see, uh, Barbara, uh, as the, the athlete's environmental responsibility? What, what are some of the things that uh, athletes uh, should be doing that probably most of them are not? Well, for one, I mean, the most basic is, you know, hydration and how do you hydrate? You hydrate out of a water bottle. You don't use cups. You don't use um, throwaways. So there's there's all sorts of ways. Um, in the book, I list all the things that I do. But it's, it's understanding the carbon footprint. And then um, I'm just looking. I'm just now, I've got the book in front of me. In the book, there are diagrams. <laughs> For what is personal responsibility? What is social responsibility? What is environmental responsibility? And it's really understanding the balance between your personal impact and how to recycle, um, how to have purpose and reflect that in terms of environmental care. Um, and it's a, it's a personal approach, but it's a global approach to being aware caring about the climate, conserving um, your own energy and other aspects of larger sources of energy. It's being respectful of the land, the climate. Barbara, <laughs> Barbara Edelston-Peterson is with us and a brand new book uh, just out just uh, days ago. A whole athlete makes the whole world better, uh, making your voice and actions as strong as your body. And, of course, uh, athletes are some of the more high-profile uh, people in, in this world. So uh, what they do, uh, their actions, uh, even more so than their words, perhaps, Barbara, have an impact on a lot of people. Indeed. Indeed. And I think... Um there's a role that we all can play that will make a positive difference. And I think um, the more aware we are and the greater possibilities to ignite positive change, the better our planet will be. 
Well, Barbara, can you hang with us for a couple of minutes? Have to take a quick break here, and uh, we have uh, sure. more for sure. you, and uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, another aspect uh, of your life as well, if you don't mind. Uh, Barbara Edelston Peterson is our guest, author of the new book, "A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better," making your voice and actions as strong as your body. And we'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And joining us from the West Coast this morning, Barbara Edelston-Peterson, author of the new book, A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better, uh, making your voice and actions as strong as your body. And, uh, Barbara, we you know alluded in the first segment to athletes having a, a great opportunity to make a major impact on the world beyond oh, touchdowns, home runs, uh, perfect scores, personal bests. Unfortunately, uh, not all uh, utilize that, that great opportunity and the, the great platform that they have for the greater good. Are you there, Barbara? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying that some athletes who are you know, high profile uh, do have a, a wonderful platform uh, you know, to, yeah. to make the world better, but some don't take advantage of it. That's Okay. Sorry about that. That's exactly right. And my book is really um, just a tap on the shoulder to say, hey, guys, it's so fantastic to champion your own life, but you have an opportunity to champion other people and the environment and to be leaders, role models, sources of inspiration, which are so natural for athletic people. Um, We carry a special energy and people look to us and look at us and admire us. And my hope is that everyone will step up and understand that they, there's a role, there's an opportunity to, yes, champion oneself, but definitely to champion a better world. No doubt about that. You talked uh, just briefly in the, the first segment about uh, your whole champion foundation. Uh, tell us more about it. Well, it's... <laughs> It's such a wonderful endeavor, and I never expected to do this, but as I had mentioned earlier, I had an epiphany when I broke both of my heels uh, just the night before heading to Europe for the European Xterra Championships, um, and I realized I had I was living in a bubble, and it was very exclusive, and I wanted to be a champion in sport, but I also wanted to be a champion of humanity and a champion of the environment, what I wanted to be was a whole champion. And so right away, I thought, I need to change. I need to let other people know it's unacceptable. Or I wanted to let other people know that there's a chance we're all living in a bubble and that the world can't afford that behavior and that closed, insular orientation. And it's not hard to open up and really be aware of issues all around us that really need our care and attention and action. 
Well, if it, everybody, you know, if everybody sort of um, stepped up, the world would, in fact, be a better place. Have any of your uh, fellow athletes have the opportunity to read the book as yet? Yes, I have been competing all summer and up until recently. I've just come home from Europe from the Xterra World Championships, and uh, Xterra is very supportive of my work, and we gave hundreds of copies of the book out, and people want to translate it into Spanish and German, which is just delightful for me. But yeah, people are really responding well and are inspired. It's really a reminder, a pretty gentle reminder, but it's not hard for athletes, per se, to recognize that our world right now needs a shift. And that as an athlete, we can step up as a role model, as a leader, and we can step up however we are able for causes to make a difference, a positive difference. Well, this is not, as you mentioned, not your first book. And uh, you mentioned one that uh, that you wrote, but you also uh, wrote a book with the uh, intriguing title of Making the most of bed rest. Now I know you had to get up early this morning to do this uh, this interview, and we appreciate <laughs> that. But tell us a little bit about uh, making the, the most of bed rest. Oh, you're wonderful for seeking out a little bit of my history there. Well, it's it's funny. <laughs> Originally, I wrote the bed rest survival guide in the late '90s, and I had been bedridden um, for a high-risk pregnancy, and that's my first daughter, who ended up being like two weeks overdue. Uh, but anyway, that um, the, the day after I signed the contract for the second book, which is the one that you're speaking about, um, it was just the second edition of the Bed Rest Survival book, the next day I broke both of my heels from falling in the closet, mm. reaching up to get uh, a gift for the race director over in Europe, where I was heading. So the second book, which is um, the book that you referred to, was much more about immobility. And so many people are immobilized, and there are so many ways to make it the time of one's life. And that just means rechanneling your energy and being active, but not necessarily physically active, or doing alternative types of exercise, which I definitely did. I slam every single day with bilateral heel fractures. I just had a wet pair of fracture boots and a dry pair. And as long as they were protected, I could swim. Yeah. That, that, is, that is terrific that you were able to, to do that uh, during that period of time. Now, I understand uh, another part of your life is uh, designing jewelry. <laughs> yes. I, it's besides side little cottage industry that is so wonderful for me. I'm super creative. And in fact, people really comment about the a whole athlete, the aesthetics of a whole athlete makes the whole world better. This book and the book before that, I, I can't really do life without being creative and, so, and full of color. And my jewelry is very high quality. It's uh, very active little side business, and um, yeah, it's something that I really do enjoy. And I am also 
um, selling my jewelry globally as I'm selling my books globally. So that's that's very rewarding. So how how long have you uh, been you know active in in the jewelry business? <laughs> Since 2000. It's interesting. The jewelry business, uh, which is called Forest and Hills Design Works, those are the names of my daughters who inspired me. That started in 2000, and that's when I started racing Xterra in 2000. So it was quite the turn of the uh, decade for me. Well, that that is something. And so it just started in in 2000. You were you did you were you creative as a youngster as well? I was. I was a huge knitter and weaver and quilt maker. Wow. Well, you you have accomplished <laughs> a lot uh, in in a, in a number of fields: uh, the athletic field, uh, the literary field, the jewelry uh, endeavor. Uh, you, you are a, a, a multi-talented individual, Barbara. Thank you. Well, today I would say I'm a whole champion, and that is a really great feeling because um, I've learned, and it's never too late for anybody, but I learned to be to think a lot more about other people and the environment and other things other than just myself and my daughters, and my family. Um, and it's a really good feeling because I didn't grow up with that orientation. Most, A lot of people are raised to care and be inclusive and um, to be a little bit more generous. And I had to find that out in a very hard way much later in life. And I'm honestly making up for lost time. So that's... Um, very meaningful to me and very important. Yes. And it's nice to share the message with you. Well, and uh, so can people find your, your jewelry uh, online? Yes, of course. So the jewelry, <laughs> the jewelry is forestandhillsdesignworks.com and that's F-O-R-E-S-T-E-A-N-D-H-I-L-S designworks.com or at Forest Hills um, on Instagram. And the book, which is really more important at the moment, talking with you, is um, if people want to buy it online, wholechampion.org, or if people want to email me, barbara at wholechampion.org, you can buy one to 100 to 300, however many, with a 20% discount if you share that you heard about this on your radio station. Wow, terrific. That is great. And uh, uh, Barbara Edelston-Peterson, we appreciate you being with us today, and uh, we admire all the things uh, that you have uh, already accomplished. What's, What's next, Barbara? Well, I think what's next is doing TED Talks, and really getting out there to millions of people. But I think the next book is either going to be A Whole School Makes the Whole World Better or A Whole Heart Makes the Whole World Better. Not sure. It's in the it's in the works. Outstanding. Well, Barbara, we appreciate you uh, getting up a little bit early this morning out on the West Coast and, and being with us. And uh, we appreciate all you do and continued success. Thank you 
so much. Such an honor to talk with you, and um, let's do more. Let's get the word out there. All right. I appreciate that, and I hope to have you back. Barbara, thanks so much. Have a great day. You as well. Take good care. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Barbara. Barbara Edelston-Peterson, in the name of the book again, A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better, Making Your Voice and actions as strong as your body. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Don't forget tomorrow, Friday Fun Bunch with Tom Raphael, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, and our resident flick chick, Kitty Ray. Thanks for joining us here on Kale and Company. Always look on the bright side of life. And have a great Thursday, everybody.